afternoon I preach you the Word of God as it's revealed to us in the ninth commandment and as we confess that truth in Lord's Day 43 of the Heidelberg Catechism. The ninth commandment is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And the church confesses what we believe concerning that on page 557 in the book of praise, the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 43. The church confesses with a question and answer, what is required in the ninth commandment? I must not give false testimony against anyone, twist no one's words, not gossip or slander, nor condemn or join in condemning anyone rashly and unheard. Rather, I must avoid all lying and deceit as the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. In court and everywhere else, I must love the truth, speak and confess it honestly, and do what I can to defend and promote my neighbor's honor and reputation. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, can you imagine a world without lies or gossip or empty flattery, false accusations? A world in which there's no pressure to hide the truth about yourself or about others because speaking the truth honestly would never cause anyone shame or embarrassment where the reality that God created, the reality of the fall into sin, the reality of God's saving work through His Son, Jesus Christ, were were known by everyone. So that any other idea, suggestions about what truth is could easily be seen as wrong. A world where you would be fully known as the person you are with all your opinions and creative thoughts and gifts, then that would be okay. Where everyone loved the truth, always tried to promote and defend their neighbor's honor and reputation, whether that be by helping a neighbor overcome a a sin or by testifying to her trustworthiness before others. How would a shared knowledge of the truth change this world? Would your own life change very much if all the false testimony was removed? Would other people see the same you? Or would they see someone very different? As the Holy Spirit leads us in obedience to the ninth commandment, He is working to bring believers in the church to the experience of exactly this reality. The ninth commandment sets that goal of of more honesty and more openness always before us, urging the members of Christ's body to fully embrace the fact that Christ's work makes the harmful works of lying and deceit completely unnecessary for us. He is the God of truth. 
He reveals himself to us in his word by which he sanctifies us, as Jesus said in John 17, verse 17. As God's people, we know more. As God's people, we have more. We are equipped to live in this truth that he has revealed to his church, which he calls the pillar and buttress of the truth. And I preach to you this gospel under the theme that God's household is a pillar and buttress of the truth. We'll see the truthfulness of the good news and the truthfulness of good neighbors. The passage we read in 1 Timothy calls the church a pillar and buttress of the truth. You can see that if you have it open in front of you, 1 Timothy 3, verse 15. Both pillars and buttresses are structural supports. They are things that are built to hold up something else. So Paul uses this metaphor to reveal that God established his church with the task of upholding the truth, like a pillar upholds a roof, or a buttress keeps a wall from falling over. Each local church has in its power to support and to strengthen the truth by its witness to the truth and by the lives of its members. So what is the reality that the church upholds? In 1 Timothy 3, the Holy Spirit goes on to describe the mystery of godliness. As you look at it, you see that it turns out to be a description of, of the work of Jesus Christ. As Paul explains to the Corinthians, the church proclaims the gospel of the glory of Christ in an open statement of the truth. First, or 2 Corinthians 4, verse 2 and 5. Jesus Christ truly came to the earth. And the church who upholds that truth says that again. He truly paid for our sins. He adopted people from all nations into the household of God as members of his body. He lives with us forever. And Jesus often said in his teaching those words that many of us know and recognize. He said, truly, truly, I say to you that we would not doubt what he was saying, who he was. The words he spoke, not only exposing our sinfulness, but also promising the forgiveness of sins are true and certain. The gospel is not only a true statement about what Christ did, but it's also a true statement about what that means for us. This truth, the church also must uphold and Reveal to the world. Jesus said in John 5 verse 24 that whoever hears his word and believes him who sent him has eternal life. He does not come into judgment but has passed from death to life. He said truly, truly I say to you. The gospel truth that the church holds up is that God who knew very well that we were sinners when he sent his son God has declared us to be innocent and righteous in his sight. And although we have a tendency to, to undermine the finished work of Jesus Christ by doubting, or not really believing that it was effective also for us, the church clings to the fact that God truly treats us as he treats his own son. He sees us. 
as he sees his son. That's what it means when we say Christ is our righteousness. The gospel is not just a matter of words. It's not just a matter of of a way of looking at things. not just a, a perspective. But it's a description, a declaration of reality. The truth. When the Lord looks at us in in Jesus Christ, He will treat us as those who have done all those things that we were imagining and dreaming of in the introduction. He has declared your sinfulness. And yet, when Jesus acknowledges His church before His Father who is in heaven, in Matthew 10, verse 32, when He is our, our witness, He will present you as you really are as a result of your faith and your union with him. He will tell the truth. He will present you to the Father as people whose sins have been paid for, whose guilt has been covered, people whose whose ransom has been paid, who have been set free, people whose hearts have been changed by the Holy Spirit so their desires and their fears are no longer controlled by the devil. You really have been restored to dignity. The dignity that God gave you when He made you in His image. When He incorporated you and all your unique abilities into His gracious plan. This is the truth the church upholds. The church is a pillar and foundation of the truthfulness of the work of Christ And also the truthfulness of what that means for us who believe in Him. And also the truthfulness of the the godliness that results from this work. The members of Christ's church hold out, they, they give support to the true teaching of the new life of faith by their very conduct, which stands in contrast to those who cling to lies. In 1 Timothy Chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, addresses that contrast. Here's the church as the pillar and foundation of the church, the pillar and buttress of of the truth, and then it's urged to keep themselves apart from deceitful spirits, from teachings of demons, from the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. Keeping the ninth commandment includes exposing and rejecting every other so-called narrative or or story that might be out there that the devil and the world are trying to present as true. It involves resisting the devil and his lies, never letting these lies determine what we think about who God is or what we think about who we are or what we think about other people that God has placed beside us in the communion of saints. The church is a pillar and buttress of the truth that shines in the the midst of much deception. And so as a church, we do this when we confess, like we do in the Heidelberg Catechism, that all lying and deceit are the devil's own works under penalty of God's heavy wrath. As the Spirit leads us in obedience to the ninth commandment, He opens our eyes to to see that the media, the so-called news feeds or movies and even the ideologies of entire governments are unable 
to present the truth if they do not repeat what God has said to us in his word. And obeying the ninth commandment includes not getting fooled by false ideas that your personal desires are actually a good moral compass, something not to believe, that we need to fear the next emergency or the next crisis that might be arising. Their lie denies the sovereignty and the love of God. Or that God's commandments are abusive. A lie that we must hate and flee from. We keep the ninth commandment by keeping the reality in front of us. And maintaining that contrast with, with all the, the human interpretations of, of history. For it is only when we are living in reality and when, that we, we also follow Paul in doing what he says in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 2, refusing to practice cunning, to tamper with God's word. And then we see the amazing grace and the mercy of God. Then the church holds that up in front of us. And as a pillar and a buttress of the truth, we have the real story about life. It's a beautiful story about God's eternal love, about the wonderful purpose that he has given to each one of us as his creatures, the, the, the reality of, of the possibility to, to joyfully enjoy the many blessings the Lord has given to us already in this life. Look what the lies brought to the people that Paul was writing to. Brought them to self-deprivation. Taking away from themselves the very gifts that, that God had, had given to them. But what does God say? Everything created by God is good. Nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving. For we serve a, a living God. And he declares that truth of, of this reconciliation through the church's preaching and the sacraments and the discipline. Obedience to the ninth commandment begins with a warm embrace of the truthfulness of the gospel so that we may reflect the reality and the truth of God's work to our neighbors, that we might be good neighbors. The church, the pillar and buttress of the truth, we must then also show this truthfulness to our neighbors. And the Heidelberg Catechism explains all that is involved in the ninth commandment, what it means not to bear false witness against our neighbors, what it means to be living members of the pillar and buttress of, of the truth. And we confess that there's a very close connection between justice and loving the truth. God's justice that we must reflect in our treatment of others is not, first of all, about a desire for revenge or making people pay for their crimes. But God's justice is about defending the truth and ensuring that that truth is known so that there can always be healing and reconciliation through Jesus Christ. The ninth commandment ensures that sinners will always be able to find the cross of Christ where there is forgiveness of sins. So led by the Holy Spirit, 
members of Christ's church who, who want to uphold the truth in the world toward their neighbors will always be honest about what they themselves have done and what they've seen. You say it happens in court and everywhere else. Way of saying it, it happens not only in court, but in every part of our lives. That relates first to our own confession of sin. Speaking the truth to ourselves, to God, about ourselves. Speaking the truth about ourselves to our neighbors. And although confession of sins is embarrassing, therefore difficult, it is speaking the truth before God. And that not only allows us to experience peace with God through the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ, but also to resolve broken relationships with other people. And this love for, for truth is also reflected when we are called upon to give testimony to what others have said or done. And you can see the list in the catechism, false testimony or the twisting of people's words and slander. All those things actually serve the devil in his work of undermining the witness of the church in the world. These things do not belong to, to those who are called a pillar and buttress of the truth. And ultimately, they cause harm to the neighbor we are misrepresenting, but also to the God we are called to represent. If our words are not true, then we are giving a false testimony concerning the reality of God's revelation about His work and about His character. The church loves justice, not because revenge is important, but because we, we are set free from the web of lies which rob people of that clear conscience before our judge and our maker. The church, we love the truth because in the truth we see hope. The Holy Spirit in our hearts makes us want to reflect the truth of God's mercy and God's forgiveness of sins. That's why God's people constantly fight against the temptation to gossip about what others have done. This is why the Spirit leads us to constantly fight against the desire to, or the temptation to utter slanderous accusations that are untrue. That they actually are flowing from a, a failure or a, an unwillingness to patiently hear the whole story. It leads us to condemn rashly and unheard. Although you might argue, or someone might argue, that gossip is repeating true things. As believers, we are called to defend and promote our neighbor's honor and reputation. And gossip does not promote and defend our neighbor's honor and reputation. It doesn't serve our neighbor in bringing them to healing and reconciliation with God through the forgiveness of sins that we have in Christ. Gossip only gives glory to the devil for his powerful and destructive influence on people in their struggles. Gossip only causes more sorrow and more grief for the sinner. But since it's behind his or her back, 
It will never help the sinner to see the truthfulness of the gospel that the church proclaims and confesses. It never leads someone to, to their knees before the cross. The word truth, in the original in the Hebrew language, it's closely connected to the word faithful. And the Spirit wants us to consider both these words together every time that we talk. Every time you open your mouth to, to say words, combine truthful with faithful. Because what you are saying may be true, but saying it at that time and that place may not be helpful to your neighbor. If you see a sin and you do not address your neighbor directly about the sin you, you saw and you either gossip or you keep silent, you're not being faithful to your neighbor. You are allowing a, a barrier to remain not only between you and your neighbor, but also between your neighbor and God. And you're depriving yourself of the most wonderful conversation you can have as a Christian. The pillar and buttress of the truth. You can tell someone or someone can tell me, you have sinned. That is true. But here's the truth as well. If you believe and repent of your sin, that sin is forgiven. That is the truth of the gospel. Those who belong to the church of Jesus Christ love the truth. The truthfulness of the gospel allows us to be truthful, good neighbors. The devil's work against the church will lose its destructive power among those who love the truth and are not afraid of the truth because of the truth of the gospel. And in this church, we can see through the evil one's attempts to trump up evil and to tone down God's grace. We could see it. It looks like gossip, but it is the devil taking away the glory from God. We can see that those who use words as tools to harm others for their own advantage without any regard for the reality of the situation, they will not stand in the judgment of God. It's, it's striking, even in Revelation 21. It describes the new heavens and the new earth. 21 verse 8 mentions that there will also be judgment. And in that list, along with cowards, is the word liars. And we see what we have in Christ. We see what a blessing it is to, to know the truth, to, to be assured of, of this as the reality that shapes everything that we do and say there is forgiveness of sins for everyone who repents. We know that God uses the civil and the spiritual leaders to expose our lies so that we have time to repent to find mercy in Christ Jesus. And so we pray as we seek to obey the ninth commandment that we may reflect the beautiful truth of all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, not just in our words, but also in our actions. We pray that God may help us to be that trustworthy neighbor who constantly seeks to bring others into that beautiful reality that Christ Jesus has obtained for everyone who believes in him.
May our grounding in reality be a balm and a comfort for those who have fallen through the, the web of lies, exposed to sinners, so that in us they may see the love of Christ for everyone who humbles himself before him. The church is pillar and buttress of the truth. It's a place where the, the truth of the gospel is stated openly so that we may not fear to be honest about who we are, so we may not fear to be faithful to our neighbors when we speak to them and for them. You see how the Spirit gives us the strong desire. He leads us to earnestly desire to keep the ninth commandment earnestly desire that world we imagined at the beginning of the sermon where there are no lies and no gossip and no flattery and no false accusations. A world we strive to enjoy every day. Amen.